Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Character Secrets Podcast. Today, I want to share with you one of the best ways you can protect yourself, your family, and your company from cyber attacks. So in this day and age when cyber attacks are increasing in severity and pace, there is one critical thing you need to do to prepare and stay safe on the Internet. And today, I want to share with you a digital secret from the technical wheel in the tricycle effect and how it could save your reputation, your company, and change your digital life. So the big question is this, how are entrepreneurs like us, who didn't cheat to win in business, spending time, money, and energy from our own company and doing the right thing, how do we grow ourselves, our families, and our companies in a way that lets us get our products, services, and things we believe in out to the world and still remain true to ourselves and profitable? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dane Deutsch, and welcome to Character Secrets. So that education piece, and that's a great uh, segue into the next thing that I wanted to discuss, which I think is probably the really most prominent uh, tip of the spear, so to speak, is educating our users to make sure they understand what kind of threats are out there, how they can defend themselves instead of clicking on a link in an email, or how they can actually recognize a legitimate email from one that might be crafted to get them to give up their W-2s or whatever else they might uh, be you know, fishing for, the bad guys. So what is the Breach Secure Now product, service, or solution art, and, and how does that really help us bolster that side of the human factor equation? Right. So we, we focus on human security, you know, as, as opposed to technical, right? The technical safeguards, the firewalls, the antivirus, the vulnerability scans. We're focusing on raising awareness of employees and users on how to spot phishing emails, how to to you know, look out for scams. And really it is, and you mentioned in the, in the introduction, it, you know, in school you were, you were taught, you had quizzes, you built upon educating topics and you got better and better. Um, as you and I know, I get an email, I'm looking at headers, I'm looking at links, I'm looking at language, I'm looking at all these pieces that become intuitive because I've done it so much. That's what we're doing, we're trying to use innovative and and engaging and lots of video but we're trying to to use all of these tools to raise awareness for employees so they do the exact same thing they start checking all the pieces and and look at emails with suspicion you know it's like this doesn't sound right or this doesn't look right just going to ignore it or you know i'll, I'll take some other actions instead of clicking on a link i'll go to the website directly so we're, we're, you know, we're using a lot of those tools, but the key is you have to make it interesting. You have to make it engaging. Otherwise, people have other things to do. And this is, you know, they don't want to deal with this. So, um, you know, that's the challenge, you know, to, to, to educate, make it interesting, and realize that this is not the only thing that users are doing. They, were, they have a job to do. So, you know, make it in bite-sized pieces. And I think that's, the, those are some of the aspects that we're, that we're working on um, to, to raise awareness. That's great. And I think that is the key is if we can increase that awareness for the individual users and then their security goes up, it isn't like you have to be totally secure, I don't think necessarily, but if you provide enough challenges, enough protection with that human factor, the bad guys will go elsewhere looking for a softer target instead Absolutely. of trying to break through something that, because there are plenty of easier targets out there. 
And uh, so we just need to put up a big enough challenge that they actually will go somewhere else and look for a softer uh, yep. target. So how long has Breach Secure now been providing their services, Art? So we've been in business for two, since 2010. Um, okay. you know, we, we're really focused on breach secure now since 2015. So, um, All right. you know, and, and that, that is, that, that it's really growing very, very rapidly. Our, our business, uh, you know, as you said, more and more criminals are coming in and, and more and more businesses are starting to wake up and say, you know, we, we need to secure ourselves, not only with technology, but, but raising awareness. Right. Exactly. So how many companies around the world use your services or do you just do U.S. companies only? No, so um, we are worldwide. We haven't done anything to advertise worldwide. And, you know, we're starting to get Australian partners and New Zealand, South Africa and European. That's awesome. Somehow we're, we're, you know, (laughs) our name's out there, but predominantly we're in the United States. Um, Okay. We have close to 35,000 customers using our, our platform. That's amazing. Yeah. No, that's good because every single one that we get on and we can get them educated is one less that's the weakest link. And hopefully we can make that that entire chain as strong as possible. You know, my background in the military, I tell people these days that this is the very first time in, in our United States history that our government and our military cannot actually protect us as citizens. We each are responsible for our own protection. And yet we have people who are doing this, uh, these attacks and crafting their or studying their craft, if you will, 24 by 7, 365 days a, a year. And, um, and it's almost inconceivable that we as just little business owners uh, might have to play against some big adversary like that. But that's a fact. And so, um, you know, we are each responsible for our own security. And I think we have to find a way to work together, even if you want to call it a virtual team, um, so that we're making each other stronger in order to be able to make sure that the weakest link closest to us doesn't doesn't become victimized or compromised. So, and and you said it. You said the government can't protect us. Government can't protect their own cities, their own you know yeah. states. Look at look what happened in Texas, in Baltimore, in Atlanta. We are falling behind. And the other reason is. Cyber criminals. These are these are organized crime. Okay, worldwide organized crime. I I I saw that one of the the um, a, a programmer who's who's writing malware ransomware. They're getting paid close to a million dollars a year. Yeah. Okay? You know, and and so that's you know they're getting the brightest people in the world to do this. So when you think about being outnumbered, we have employees and and users that haven't been trained against world-class developers that are getting very good at their trade. You know, we're outnumbered. We're out, you know, if you look at military, we're, they're out, you know, we're outpowered also. So how do we protect ourselves? That's a really good point. You know, let's talk about the threat that the internet poses today to our way of life, our culture, and ultimately our freedom. We talked about trust earlier, but one of the things that I think is really interesting is that our culture the trust in our culture, let's say our character of our culture is breaking down in lots of different ways. You know, people like to be on their devices all the time. They don't talk to one another directly anymore. Right. In a lot of cases, no face to face relationships. I know of one school that uh, had their W2s all fished by the bad guys because yeah. they hadn't set up the right security technically, but more importantly, the conversation at that school went something like this. The one person who got the email, 
told the other person in the office, well, do you think I really should send all these W-2s to the superintendent? And the other lady said, well, you know what happens if you don't do what he says. So the culture within the organization, if it's not healthy, actually lends itself so that people are afraid to pick up the phone and, and construct or verify, you know, what kind of email was sent. Are you sure you really want me to send these W-2s? Did you really ask for that? Instead, they just want it quickly off their plate, right? We're this fast food society, everything fast. And in this particular instance, instance with uh, this particular cybersecurity industry, haste definitely makes waste. Yeah. And, and, you know, what we, what companies have to do is put those, you know, the, those, what I'll call two factor authentication for humans, right? If you feel that that is something that, you know, if you're going to ask another employee, should I do this? You got to pick up the phone and call that superintendent. You have to, before you make, you transfer W2s, before you pay a vendor with a new routing number, you have to verify this because every email could be, a, you know, could be potential scam that's trying to trick you into doing something. So the days of just trusting and doing it, and, and the problem is it gets harder because right. the superintendent's email may have been compromised. You know, the superintendent may have fallen for some sort of scam, and they're inside of their, you know, their email sending legitimate emails from their account. That's that's almost impossible to know, except they're asking you to do something that. You should say, mm, I don't know if I really want to do that. They got to verify it. So, you know, it's got to be a knee jerk reaction. I have to verify before doing anything that's going to, you know, cause me problems, cause my organization problems. Yeah, absolutely. We really do need to get back to where we are actually working with one another face to face, shaking hands and have a relationship that we can build on trust so that we know we can call them. And we're not afraid to, to go verify. So you talked about the email thing. And I've seen several uh, situations where customers were actually compromised. Um, the, the, they probably had a phished email at some point where they clicked on a link. But then after that phish went away, what happened was that um, the, the bad guy then forwarded, set a setting inside their email. So it forwarded all their email to them, which wouldn't alert anyone that anything was actually happening. And what they were doing then is taking their time to do reconnaissance. Yep. They were looking for who holds the purse strings in this organization. Who are, who is, what's the pecking order and who is actually ACHing in for money or who has the purse strings, right? So um, we've watched also, title companies and others who have had money ACH because they never bothered to pick up that phone and call that other person. And they also look at how this person sends emails, actually yeah. analyzing their, you know, their communication. Are they putting their last name in the signature, you know, or first day, like where they say, say thanks, or they put in their initials. They get good at like, well, this is how this person starts to, you know, sends emails. I'm, we're going to send emails just like that. Right, right, exactly. So they're not just doing reconnaissance to figure out who is in the game here or where the money is actually flowing, but also how do I craft these emails so it looks and sounds and feels like the actual person that I'm impersonating, right? So that's exactly. a really good point, really good point. So, you know, And then just to take it one, one other step, you know, say they're inside that superintendent's email and they're also looking on LinkedIn. The superintendent said, I'm going to be at some conference Okay, if I know that, and then I can write an email. I'm at a conference. I don't have time to do it. Could you just transfer this money? Could you send me the information? Then, it, you know, it's not only the superintendent, but 
everybody knows, you know, that the superintendents at that conference, how would they know? It's got to be the superintendent makes it real. So you think about right. all that information that's out there that could be collected to really make, you know, believable scams. Or I've seen before where they're waiting for someone to go on vacation yep. and they just, they, they make their target uh, vulnerable while that CEO or the CIO or CFO is on vacation. And okay. so, yes, they have all the intelligence inside that email system and they're crafting their actual attack based on all of the reconnaissance that they're gleaming there. So really, really good point. You know, Fox News lately had said that they were reporting on cybersecurity is now the greatest threat to our nation at one point in the last month or so. So do you think that cybersecurity is the greatest threat to our nation? And why, if you do? Oh, it's up there. I don't know whether it's the greatest threat, but it is definitely a real threat. You know, when you start looking at, at the impact to small businesses, to large businesses, but then you take it to the next step of, you know, could it, could it hit our utilities? Could it, you know, could they, you know, look at ransomware or, or taking over and compromising, you know, um, systems that are, are, you know, our core infrastructure could go down. Right. Uh, you know, if you keep going, you know, with in, in, um, the internet of things and, you know, your, your smart homes, your smart refrigerators, you know, could those be breached? Your your smartphones, your smart watches, your your pacemakers. So, cybersecurity as we know it means everything. It's we're a connected society. So, you know, could bad guys, whether those are you know organized crimes, you know, you know, um, state sponsored, other companies, uh, other countries, it could definitely. If you take it to the worst case, it could be a huge threat to 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 us as a whole. Yeah, absolutely.